you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. All right, half the church has gone to Children's Church, so there's room if you want to move up. You want to get within spinning range? Anybody excited about the Word of God this morning? Come on, come on, come on. Were you blessed? Were you blessed by the worship? Were you blessed just being in God? You know, the worship, I, I definitely believe the worship prepared you for what you're about to get. Amen? Somebody say, I'm prepared. I'm ready. Ready to serve. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word, which is already anointed, already chain-breaking, already bondage-breaking, already, Lord, sin-smashing, God. And so, Father, we just ask that all of us be able to get out of your way, God, that we would hear your word and be changed by your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I like to start with a quote. Here it is. You ready? Come on, look ready. That means you got to take the iPod things out of, your, out of your ears. That's just rude. Come on. You see somebody with, with things in their ears, pop, pull them out. Pull them out. Amen? All right, here we go. There are two ways to be fooled. One is to believe what isn't so, and the other is to refuse to believe what is so. Oh, man. Two ways to be fooled. One is to believe what isn't so, and the other is to refuse to believe what is so. Because listen to this one. Whatever is almost true is quite false, and among the most dangerous of errors, because being so near to truth, it is more likely to lead astray. Hmm. Hmm. If you're just joining us, anybody here for the first time this morning? Anybody, we welcome you. Be blessed. We love you. Amen. We've been on a journey through the book of John. And man, it's, it's been incredible for me, for, for a lot of us, for those of you that have been letting it get inside you. It's just been good. Amen. Because when you study the word, things change. The word says faith comes by hearing and hearing from the word of God. And so that's why Sundays we need to hear the word of God and not some positive pep talk about how God is going to work everything out if you just think good thoughts. If you just be a good person, things will work out. If you're just good, then, then, then God is in you because God is in everyone. And, and God, listen, that is new age nonsense. Amen? Can I tell you about it this morning? I, see, I try to think good thoughts all the time. I try to be positive all the time. But man, think, but man thinking that he can be good without God, it's like, it's like, man, it, it, oh boy. It's all, it's all in here. I got I to gotta temper it down. See, I would rather somebody tell me what I need to know 
then, then give me some positive stuff. Because spiritually, positive words alone are like putting a band-aid on a fatal wound. If you want to help me, tell me what I need to know. Amen? Does anybody have that spirit this morning? Tell me what I need to know. Don't, don't sugarcoat me. Don't tickle me. Don't make me laugh. Tell me what I need to know. If that's you, you're in the right place. If it's not, it's too late. You can't leave. We got big ushers at the door. They're not going to let you go. See, and what we need to know is that God demonstrated his own love for me in this, that while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me, Romans 5, 8. Because sometimes I try to be good enough to earn God's, God's love. And, and I need to be reminded that he loved me when I wasn't trying. Come on, tell somebody. He loved you when you weren't trying. What I need to know is that if I confess my sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness, 1 John 1, 9. Because as positive as I want to be sometimes, I blow it sometimes. Anybody like me here? As positive, as good as I want to be, sometimes I blow it. I need to know that he is the faithful God, keeping his covenant, listen, of love to a thousand generations to those that love him and keep his commands, Deuteronomy 7, 9. I need to know that God is going to be faithful to me. I need to know that God is going to be faithful to my children, to my children's children's children. Amen? I need to know that the Lord preserves the faithful, but the proud he pays back in full, Psalm 33, 4. And that the Lord loves the just and will not forsake his faithful ones. They will be protected forever, but the offspring of the wicked will be cut off, Psalm 37, 28. Because sometimes I get angry when I struggle and the wicked prosper. I guess that's just me. See, I need to know that, that if I say to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea and don't doubt in my heart, but believe what I say will happen, it will be done for me, Mark eleven twenty three. Because sometimes, no matter how many good thoughts I have, the mountains in my life are not moving. And I need to know that I have the authority to move them. I need to know that he called the disciples to him and he gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease and sickness, Matthew 10.1. And he told them to go and make disciples of all nations and we are those disciples. And so that means I need to know that I've been given authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome the power of the enemy. Nothing can harm me, Luke 10.19. Did you hear that? I've been given authority to overcome all the power of the enemy. <coughs> Somebody would run around the building if you, if, you really, if you really caught that. We've been given authority to overcome all the power of the enemy. Family, Christians are weak because we like to be weak. Sometimes we're weak because we like to, thank you brother, because it gives us something to complain about. It gives us something to write about on Facebook. It gives us something to whine about. And it gives us excuses to give up. 
See, I need to, to, to know how weak, I don't need to know how weak I can be. I need to know that in my weakness, his strength is made perfect. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, so I'll boast about my weakness. I need to know that I'm more than a conqueror through Christ and who loves me, Romans 8, 37. Woo. We could do this for another three hours because we need to know. Amen? That's what we need to know. And so that's why if you're just joining us, we are going through the Bible book by book by book and we're studying the Word of God so that if you don't know, now you know. Amen? See, because I want it to be said that this sanctuary is putting out some hardcore men, women, and youth. That this is a place for warriors and soldiers. Amen? This ain't, you heard it already, this ain't a place for couch potatoes. This ain't a place for fat Christians. This ain't a place for sloppy faith. This is a place for warriors and soldiers, amen? Listen, you could have been wounded in some battle someplace and you come in here to just heal up and to build up and that's awesome. That's why it's the sanctuary. You, you could be coming here because you need people to come around you. That's why it's the sanctuary fellowship. But it's the sanctuary fellowship, a place for warriors and soldiers so that after you've healed up, after you've recovered, you go right back and take your place in the front lines of this battle, amen? I, I, I love it. In Jesus' time, the religious folk, they wanted to kill Lazarus in his day because too many people were believing in Jesus because he was dead and now he was alive, right? And, and too many people were believing in him and so they wanted him dead. Church, I want the religious folk in the Bronx and all over the city to want me dead because I once was dead but now I'm alive and too many people are believing on Jesus because of me. Because I live. Because you live. Amen. Let the world want you dead because you live. And too many people are believing on Jesus because of the way you live your lives. Woo! Repeat after me. I'm a living testimony to the grace of God. It don't matter how bad I was. Don't matter how blind I was. What a liar I was how crooked I was. It don't matter how dead I was. Listen, what they need to know is who made you good, who made you see, who made you truth, who made you straight, and you can take that any way you want to take it, and who died so that you can live. That's what people need to know. Woo! We just getting started. Last week I spoke to you on the topic of being on active duty. And this week I just want to tell you about some of the things that we on active duty need to know as we continue in the book of John. We were, we were working through chapters 12 and 13 and I, I can't seem to get past 12 and 13 because it's such a bottomless well, man. There's so much in there for us to take. But, but, but listen, we, let me set the stage for a moment and paint a picture for you so you can imagine where we are and what's going on at this point in our walk through the book of John. Chapter 12, Jesus gathers his disciples and he says, if you're going to serve me, you got to follow me. Chapter 13, he says, he shows them what that's like by putting on a servant's towel and washing their feet. Jesus said, I humbled myself 
to love you so that you would be humble and love others. Somebody need to hear that twice. See, Jesus said, I humbled myself so that you would be humble. God opposes the proud. Now, now get the picture. Here we are at the Last Supper. Remember, this is where we've been, we've been going. If you missed the sermons, you can pick them up online and, and, and listen to them. You can podcast them, do whatever you want. But, but, but get a hold of the whole book of John. I want you to get, get the thing from beginning to end. Amen? So here we are at, at this stage in the story. We're at the Last Supper. Many of you recognize it from that picture that you have in your dining rooms, right? Or grandma or mom. Somebody got, got one of those pictures in their dining rooms, right? You know, it's the picture where they told Jesus and all the disciples to get on one side of the table so that they could take the picture. You, you know the picture, right? Some of you have it, come on, some of you have it in 3D where the disciples are coming out at you. Right? You got to know. Some of you have it with Jesus with the eyes so that everywhere you go it looks like he's looking at you. A little creepy, but, 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 but you, know, you know the picture I'm talking about, right? So, so this is the last meal that Jesus was about to have with them. It's the last opportunity to speak to them in this way. These are going to be his last words to them in this manner. This is going to be the last time that they would get together like this. Think about that. If you knew the next dinner that you were going to have with your friends and family was going to be the last one, what would you say? How would you act? Right? What, what would you want to be remembered for? What would you want to be remembered doing? It's important to think, I want you to think about this because this all has to be going through Jesus' mind. It's weighing on his heart, the word says. He, he loves these guys. He's been through them with, through so much already with these men. They've traveled together. They've seen Jesus open blind eyes. They've caused the lame to walk. They've even raised the dead. They've seen Jesus escape death at the hands of an angry mobs of religious people. Many times. They've seen him turn water to wine. They've seen him feed thousands of people with one kid's happy meal. They've seen him happy, rejoicing, angered, upset. They've even seen him cry. But nothing is about to compare to what they're about to experience. And so this is the last time that they're together. <coughs> the first thing he does is he washes their feet. He shows them how leaders are servants. And then he says, if you see me doing this, you should do this. Now, those of you that like to find secrets in the Word of God, those of you that like, you know, you buy books all the time, Secret to a Blessed Life, Seven Steps to Prosperity. Right here is plain as day in verse 15. He says, I have set before you an example that you should do as I have done. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. The Amplified says, if you know these things, blessed and happy and to be envied are you if you practice them. So, so those of you looking for secrets, if you want the secret to a fulfilled life, the key to a meaningful life full of purpose and satisfaction, God says, do what you know to do. No amens? Some of you know too much and do too little. That's just the simple truth. So he washes their feet, he comes back to the table, and the next thing he does is he predicts his betrayal. This is, this is deep. 
Please listen to me. Don't get distracted. I'll be done quick. Just please listen to me. He predicts his betrayal. And as the word says, he was troubled in spirit. And he says, I tell you the truth. One of you here is going to betray me. Can you imagine now? This, this, you're coming together. This is the last. These are your boys. These are your men, man. These are the people that have been your family for, for, for the t- all this time in your ministry. And he says, one of you here is going to betray me. He says, I'm telling you now before it happens so that when it happens, you would know and believe. Now listen, one of the most important things Jesus want to leave them with is a faith that could stand. Because what they were about to experience, they were going to need to be strong believers. Amen? So, so listen, so many things he did towards the end of his ministry, if you read, he noted and he kept saying, I'm doing this for you. And, and he'll say it again and again. God said this and God did this so that you would believe. God said this so that you would believe. God did it this way so that you would believe. He, he continues to do that again and again and again. It seems to me that his major concern was to leave them with everything that they need to know. So that they would walk in the truth and have a solid faith that would endure. And let me tell you why. Why do you think it was so important that these men had a strong faith that would endure? Because he was counting on them after he left and counting on them to disciple all the nations. Do do you see the severity here? This is not just a group of guys. This is the men that he gave his life to, imparted his life, shared and spoke into them. And the reason he wanted them to be strong is because he counted on them to now disciple all of us. He counted on them. There was no backup plan and there still isn't for spreading the gospel. There's no backup plan, right D? There's no other way but through God's men and women and young people. Please, please listen to me. Listen. The God, there's not going to be a mass text message. Jesus is not going to uh, send a universal email to everybody saying, get ready, I'm here, I'm coming, accept me. There's not going to be, believe it or not, Jesus is not going to get on Facebook and ask you to accept him as a friend. Although, wouldn't that be kind of cool? How many of you would wait before accepting him? How many of you would say, wait, I got to go clean up my pictures first before I say yes? How many of you would say, wait, I got to wait a few days so that those posts and status would scroll to the bottom so that when Jesus came on, he wouldn't see the nonsense that I wrote this week? How many of you would ignore it and say, I got plenty of time for this? I'll wait. Because you know in Facebook, you could keep the person waiting and it'll wait and wait and wait. I don't know if there's a cutoff. But I've had people I've ignored. No, but, but there's people there that it just stays there forever. It stays there for a long time and nobody knows. And you could always say, well, some, it didn't work. Right? You could always blame it on the computers, right? So I wonder, you know, but, but listen, the gospel was put on the hearts of men so that they would spread it to the ends of the earth. There is no other way that this is going to happen. You have to please understand the seriousness of this. 
Romans 10.13 says, Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they hear or believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they're sent? Let me give it to you in the message. How can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? And how can they know who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted? Oh, man, that's beautiful. And how can they hear if nobody tells them? And how is anybody going to tell them unless somebody is sent to do it? He's counting on these men, and he's counting on you and me. To disciple all nations, all nations. He's counting on, I don't know why God decided to do it this way. I, 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 I think he could have thought of a million better ways. He could, I don't know, he could have written it on the sky. He could have done, but, but he depends on us. God entrusted something so precious to you and to me. And something that you and I take so lightly. So lightly. We quickly give somebody anything except the gospel. Right? We'd quicker give them $5 for a sandwich or, or, or whatever, batteries for their, their, their iPod, or, you know, whatever. We'd, we'd quickly give anybody anything before we give them the gospel. When the most precious possession that we have is the gospel. And that takes back seat. Let me not get started on that. He's counting on these men and he's counting on you and me. Listen, listen, I got to tell you this. Next time you are updating your Facebook status and you've typed something stupid, something meaningless, something self-centered, ask yourself in the last 10 or 15 updates, have I given testimony? Have I given thanks? Have I told somebody lately that I once was lost, that I once was broken, that I once was hurt? Oh, man. We put everything on there. Those of you that don't know what Facebook is, man, it's a social network that just about everybody, their mother, grandmother, and great-grandmother's on. I know because I see all of you, right? And, and, and it's a thing with Twitter and MySpace. It's a thing that those of you that don't know, I don't want you to be like, what are you talking about? It, it, it's something that, that people just put in updates every day. Five, six, 18 times a day, depending on how crazy we get. And, and they'll tell you everything on there. Oh, going to the hospital. Oh, I'm at the hospital. Oh, I'm still at the hospital. Oh, the doctor is still making me wait. Oh, I'm sitting in the doctor's chair now. Oh, uh, the nurse is pretty. Oh, her breath stinks. Oh, um, I mean, everything, everything. It's just so, so that you know what Facebook is, all right? So, so listen, listen. My wife, my wife refuses to get a, a Facebook but she reads mine with me. And she's always saying, why do I need to know this? Why do I need to know that she went shopping and there was no milk at the store? Why do I need to know that he had a headache and just took two aspirin? Why do I need to know he went to the bathroom or needs to go to the bathroom? And she says, I don't need to know that. 
So listen, listen, fam. Let, let me bring you in on a little huddle, a little team meeting. I say we use Facebook and Twitter and every other network of that sort to tell people what they need to know. Amen? Tell them what they need to know. The truth is, the truth is, if you have been reconciled to God, then you have been given the ministry of reconciliation. This is something some of you need to know and some of us need to be reminded. Listen to what the word says. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. How come, how come we don't hear about that a lot? He gave us the ministry of reconciliation that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And that's good news. Isn't that good news? How come we're not telling nobody? Verse 20, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God was making his appeal through us. Listen. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Be reconciled to God. As a matter of fact, those of you that have Facebook on your phones, I want you to update that status right now. Look, look how many people... Some of you don't want to pull it out, but, but you do it. If you were someplace else, you'd do it. So do it. Get your Blackberries out. Get your iPhones out. Get your, get your iTouches out. Those of you that got Facebook on your phone, I want you to update your status right now and simply say this, be reconciled to God. And you know what that's going to do? It's going to have people asking you questions. People are going to say, why? Should I be reconciled to God? How can I be reconciled to God? What do I need to do to be reconciled to God? You just, oh, you just became a minister. You just opened up. You started a church on Facebook right now by texting that. So, so get it done and say send. Come on. Amen. Amen. Tell somebody why you live. All right, let's get back to the supper. We're at the supper. They, they finished the picture, so they all went back around to the other side of the table, and they're, they're around the table. He says, one of you is going to betray me. And the word says, everyone was baffled. Listen, this is so important. This is the, this is the whole heart of the message. They, they say, he says, one of you is going to betray me. And everybody was like, huh? Who? Me? Who? Who's going to do it? Who? Me? Who's talking about? I don't know. It's not me. I'm not going to betray him. I love him. No, no. And, and they were baffled. Nobody knew who. Peter turns to James, James, John and, and said, John, you ask him. You're sitting closer to him. And John says, yo, Jesus, who's going to betray you? So nobody knew. And you really need to understand this. This is serious. Because there's some serious implications here I need you to note and consider. We all have our own perceptions of Judas, right? Right? Who's Judas? The betrayer, the traitor. We all have words for Judas. Judas means, right, we have in our minds, Judas means traitor. It means the one who betrayed, right? It, and we probably because we've all put somebody's face on Judas in our lives, right? Come on. 
We all put somebody's face on. To some, he's your dad. To some, he's your brother. He's your sister. He's that ex-boyfriend. He's that ex-girlfriend, right? To, to, to some of you, we have this thing about Judas, right? But, but <clears throat> think about this. If Judas had acted like such a bad guy all this time that they spent together, listen, this is key. As soon as Jesus said, somebody is going to betray me, they all would have been like, uh-huh, I know who he's talking about. Right? Everybody would have been stuck in their teeth. Right? Everybody would have known. If, if Judas was different than anybody else, everybody would have said, mm-hmm, here it is. And every, but the point is, everybody is baffled. And, and listen, listen, that is troubling for us. That's troubling for us that read the word. Listen, let me tell you why. Could it be that Judas walked everywhere with them and prayed with people and prayed for other people? Could it be that he healed the sick and cast out demons just like each one of them? I mean, this is serious. Please, please understand where I'm going. Could it be that Judas walked, you know, could could it be that he walked everywhere with them? Judas must have talked like a Christian. He must have walked like a Christian. But eventually, he let his self-desires deceive him. He wanted a different kind of kingdom. He wanted a different kind of ruler. But he stayed close to Jesus and he witnessed it all. Oh, you got to get this, church. Watch this. In verse 2 of chapter 13, it says, The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas to betray Jesus. Jesus goes ahead and he washes all of their feet, sits back down on the table. He says, one of you is going to betray me. He was telling them all along, I know all about it. It was as if, to me, he's still giving Judas the opportunity to repent. Think about, Jesus knows that this man is going to betray him. He knows that he's already made plans to betray him. And still, he, he puts on a servant's towel and he washes this man's feet. And all along, he's given him opportunity to repent. He's given him opportunity. He's, he's, he's telling him with his lifestyle, with, his, with less than his words, he's telling him, you know, you know who I am. You know what I came to do. You know what I'm about. You've seen God, the Father, work through me. You know that I am God. You've seen what I can do. All the while, he's given Judas, listen, understand this. The word says it had to happen, but I don't believe Judas had to do it. This might mess with somebody's theology, I'm sorry. I don't believe Judas had to do it. I do not believe that Judas was created for evil. I don't believe it. Nothing in the word tells me that. The problem was in the middle of all these miracles and at the center of all this grace, Judas never accepted Christ as Savior. Oh, come on. You got to really understand this. He walked with him. He healed things. He walked in miracles. He saw the happy meal that fed 5,000. He saw the lame walk. He saw the dead rise. He saw blind eyes open. He walked with him. He was part of him. He bought the t-shirt. He was a member of that church. 
But all the while, he never accepted Jesus as Savior. And that hardened his heart. Jesus washed his feet, and up until the very last moment, listen, while they were asking each other and wondering who, Jesus dips the bread and he offers it to Judas. I believe this was the final chance, the last moment where he could have repented and not followed through. And you know what's beautiful about that? If he had repented right there, if he had not followed through, none of the other disciples would have known that he was ever crooked. I mean, do you see how Jesus never put him on blast? He knew all the while that he was stealing money from the bag. He knew all the while, because the word tells us that he was the treasurer and he would steal money. He knew all the while that he was faking the funk as he walked with them. He knew all the while that he never really accepted Christ, but he rolled with Christ. But, but if he had repented right there, none of the disciples would have ever known. And, 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 and it would have continued and, and he would have been betrayed another way and it would have happened another way. But the word still says it had to happen. That we know. <coughs> so listen, at the last moment where he could have repented and not followed through, he, he could have resisted Satan's prompting, but he decides to go through with it and he takes the bread. And the word says that as soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered him. Fam, please hear this. Satan entered him. See, at the start of the chapter, the enemy prompted him. He pressed on him. He encouraged him. He tempted him. But the enemy is powerless against God's will and God's people. Satan had to get Judas out from under Jesus before he can come in. And so Jesus says to him, what you're about to do, do quickly. And so Judas left. And that was it. No more chances. That was it. His heart was so hardened that now he, Satan entered him. Once Satan enters him, it was done. So he went and did what, what you know, he, he, he betrayed him, took the silver and all that. And family, listen, listen, listen what, what, what matters here. There is a danger in being around church and not letting the church be inside of you. Hear this, this is probably the most serious message I can give you in this whole series. Judas was around Jesus. Judas rolled with Jesus' men. Judas saw incredible things. He saw so much grace, but, but it kept hardening his heart. He, he didn't want to be a Christ follower. Pastor Gary and I say it all the time. It's better for some of you to have never come to this church. But since you did, and every time you come, you're hearing more, and you're seeing more, and you're experiencing more. And the longer you refuse, the longer you, you hold back, the longer you deny, the harder your heart gets. Please listen to me, young people. Don't be distracted. It is better for some of us to have never come to church. Every time we hear the word of God, every time God's grace is extended and we refuse to step into it, we refuse to, to take it seriously, you are one step closer to being a dead man walking. 
let me, let me be real with you. Some men come to church to please their wives. You come to church to try to keep your kids in line. I'm going to tell you today, that's nice. That may be respectable. That's not enough. That's not enough. Besides the fact that your kids see right through it. So, so the good example that you're trying to be is just making you more and more of a hypocrite in their eyes. You, you can't, don't, don't, don't go home. Please, if, if you really want trouble, go home and quote some of the word to your kids and watch what comes back at you. You know, pastors say you need to obey your parents. Yeah, well, pastors say you also need to get rid of your life of sin and turn to God, and, but you haven't, Dad. Your kids ain't shy, right? They'll come right at you. Listen, that's nice, but it's not enough. Judas knew everything he needed to know to enter the kingdom of God. He was given every opportunity. The word says, to whom much is given, much is required. And in the end, Judas rejected the gift of reconciliation in order to partner with someone else. Don't let that be your story today, church. Men, don't let that be your story. Young people, don't let that be your story. Like many in our society, Judas bought the lie that Satan wants to partner with us and that he has more to offer us. Judas discovered too late that Satan is a thief and a liar and that there is no honor among thieves and that his partnership with Satan would only last until he did what Satan wanted him to do and not a second after. You want proof of that? Right after that, Judas soon found himself with his reward empty and alone and he killed himself. If you had just partnered with somebody that's full of power, that can give you life, that can give you joy, you, how many of you know suicide wouldn't be the answer? But, but he partnered with this guy because Satan promised them the world. He promised them kingdoms to rule and riches and, and virgins and, and whatever else, right? The religions of the world today promise people. But the second he, he, he got to enter him, the second he could pimp him, he, he pimped him and then he turned them out. Judas found himself empty, pimped, alone, and he killed himself. And, and listen, I know there's songs today that, 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 are, that people say, well, I'm going to hell because hell's more fun. More of my friends are going to be there. If I go to heaven, I won't know anybody. People say, all my friends are going to be in hell. So I'm going to go to hell and continue to party. They talk about hell like it's a vacation spot. They say, man, in hell we'll be sipping Hennessy's and bagging shorties. We believe the lie that we could find peace and joy apart from God. Men, in our society, we make Christianity for women and children. And we fail to make it personal. I'm calling the priests back to the house. I'm calling the priests back into the temple. Women, women have abandoned their walk with God in order that they might have companionship in order that they may have some kind of love and feel something from somebody. And they've given themselves over to empty, worthless sperm donors. 
who will never be fathers, who will never be husbands, who will never be priests. Young people, you believe the lie that there's more power and more fun when you partner with the enemies of God and continue doing the same things again and again, making the same mistakes over and over, generation after generation. Why do you think sometimes church kids are the worst kids? Because they've sat in the grace of God. They need to, they, they have, they know everything that they need to know, but they fail to take it seriously. And hearts get hardened. Hearts get cold. Family, God will not be mocked. You will reap what you sow. Be reconciled to God. That's my cry for each and every one in this place today. Anyone that's hearing this message online, anyone that's hearing this that's here today, be reconciled to God. Take it seriously today. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. Be reconciled to God. Listen to this. Let me finish with this. Judas is a name that we associate with traitors, right? Someone who betrays. But did you know that Judas is a Hebrew name which actually means praise? See, God didn't create Judas to betray. God created him to praise. None of you here today were born to be hurt, to be broken, to be lost, to be apart from God. You were born to praise. And now you've been given everything you need to know. What are you going to do with it? I'm going to stand here and worship. And I encourage you, if, 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 if that's you and you're here today and you're saying, man, I haven't taken this thing seriously. I haven't been all that I, that I could do. I haven't done what I know to do is right. I haven't been the priest in my home. I haven't been the woman of God that I need to be. I haven't been the young person that God has called me to be, to be sold out, to be on fire for God. No, I've, I've, I've dabbled in this and I dabble in this and I'm always messing with this and I'm always falling back into this. If that's you and you're saying I need to be reconciled to God don't wait today is the day of salvation come 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 be reconciled to God Paul Washer says this he says I got good news and I got bad news the good news is God is here the bad news is God is here it only matters is where you stand. You were created to praise. Let's praise. Come on, guys. Let's worship.
Father God, right now, Lord, I just present your people, your children to you, oh Lord. Father, their heart is saying, God, I want my life to be a reflection of you. I want to love you more. I want to know you more. Father, I'm tired of living my life the way that I've lived it, oh God. And I want to walk into the purposes and the promises and the plans that you have always had for me. So, Father, right now, I come against, Lord, the enemy that when they walk through the very doors would say, just come back. Father, I pray that this work would be sealed here in the name of Jesus, oh God. I pray that we, they would find encouragement where they walk. Father, when those temptations come, Lord God, that they would be able to look the other way and say, no, I am God's kid. I'm doing things God's way. So, Father, I just pray right now that your Holy Spirit, like we cried out before, come and fill us, would fill every person here from the youngest to the oldest, oh God, that they would see things in a new way, that they would experience you in a new way, that they would hear you in a new way, oh God. Father, that you would put a fire in their bellies and a fire in their souls to worship you, a fire for holiness, a fire for righteousness, a fire for what is good and true. Oh, Father, every good and perfect gift comes from you. So I just pray right now, God, that you would release your children of guilt. You release them, Lord, God, from feelings of rejection and abandonment and hurt. And, Father, that they would see and feel the goodness that is you, oh, God. So I just thank you for them, Lord. I thank you for what testimonies that we will have this week, oh, God. And in your precious name, I pray these things, oh, God. Amen. Amen. amen, amen. You know, I just got to stop right now and, and give a testimony. Come on. We gave out homeworks to children, and I gotta be honest, I didn't believe they would do it. But this year we're raising the standard, and many of them did do it, but that's not what the testimony is. The testimony is in this class, this 11 and 12 class, of children saying, you know, you really shouldn't be playing those games. My mom doesn't let me watch it, because this has to do with evil spirits. This has to do with this. These kids, they are learning and seeing and hearing from you. So I'm thankful. I'm thankful for those parents that stand for what is right, for what is true, that are not ashamed to say, in my house, we will serve the Lord. In my house, we will pray. In my house, we will seek for what is true and what is right. So be encouraged, body. Be blessed. Walk out of here with your head held high. Yeah. You are God's kid. Yeah. You are more than a conqueror. Come on, come on. You are the head and not the tail. Yeah. Release your right now before you leave. Release and dust yourself off of guilt, of things that you may That's have good. done. That's because good. today is a new day. That's it's right. a new time. Right. It's a new opportunity. So be encouraged. Be blessed, family. Amen. church has been carried on the prayers of women. 
Because on Wednesday nights when we come to prayer, there's 15 to 20 women, maybe one or two men. So, so understand that the women are carrying this place in prayer. And, and I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm saying that needs to change. Amen? So this Wednesday, we're gathered together to pray. It's one hour. It's 7.30 to 8.30. Not a big chunk of your time. We open the doors at 7 so you can come and just sit and soak and relax. 7.30 to 8.30. I just encourage men to come and pray and, and take, take, take up the parts. Take up the beams. Take up the supports of this place. And let it rest on strong shoulders. Amen? I love you guys. Walk proud. Walk good. Walk godly. Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless. us.